What's up guys, welcome to episode 3 of the Knowledge is Power podcast. Firstly, thanks for giving up your time to listen to this podcast and I hope it finds you well. This week we'll be discussing week 3 of the 4 week programme described in Dr. Joe Dispenza's book. So to give some brief context for people who haven't tuned into episode 1 and 2, I recently listened to an audiobook by a guy called Dr. Joe Dispenza called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I decided to document my experience undertaking this challenge or this program um, to hopefully or potentially inspire you or empower you to uh, maybe try out this for yourself and maybe discover uh, the art of the ancient art of meditation and how it can potentially uh, benefit your life. So that's the introduction for this week. Without further ado, um, let's get fired right into the episode. Welcome to this week's episode, guys. Uh, first of all, we're going to pre-frame this episode and we're going to firstly ask the question of what will you guys, the listeners, get out of this podcast episode? So hopefully the listeners to this uh, podcast episode will hopefully relate to my ongoing experiences um, with meditation, with this practice, which will hopefully provoke some alternative thoughts, um, th- hopefully through this document, this documentation process, you'll get an insight into uh, what is involved. Uh, I also hope that you guys will become empowered by the end of this episode to try something new uh, in the aim of personal growth, in the aim of self-development. And what, will, what am I hoping that you guys will learn from this episode? Well, hopefully you'll learn a number of things, but first and foremost, I hope that you'll understand um, or or try to further your knowledge in the concept of trying to create uh, coherence in your brain and in your heart um, by using meditation to uh, to invoke this and to hopefully be a tool on your tool belt to um, reap the benefits of this practice. And hopefully by relating to my own experience, you'll uh, get a sense of, well, he can if he can do it and undertake it, then so can I. So um, that's pre-framing out the episode of my intentions. So let's start off with the chapter of uh, week three and the title of it. So previously, to give some more context, week one was the induction, which is learning the skill of moving your brainwaves from the beta brainwave, um, which we're most commonly in throughout the day, um, to alpha and theta brainwaves, which is more commonly seen during um, sleep and early morning or late at night. So the chapter, uh, this title of this week um, is called Dismantling the Memory of the Old You. So to start off this episode, we'll firstly discuss a story from the 1890s. So a Russian Russian scientist called Ivan Pavlon, 
Can I say that? A Russian scientist called Ivan Pavlov, born in 1890, later became very well known for his research into something called classical conditioning. Pavlov experimented with dogs, controversial, during his study of uh, digestion. He then observed that the dogs serving as his test subjects drooled when they were served meat. So furthermore, Pavlov noticed that his dogs began to salivate in the presence of the lab technician who normally fed them. So putting these informal observations um, to the test, Pavlov presented uh, a stimulus such as a bell and then gave the dogs food. Uh, after a few repetitions, he quickly noticed that the dogs started to salivate in response to the stimulus, which is the bell. And Pavlov concluded that if a particular stimulus present in the dog's environment before he was given the food, he would then become associated with that stimulus and begin to salivate on his own without the presence of food. Now that's pretty interesting. So how does this relate to breaking the habit of being yourself? Well, Pavlov also observed that if the bell acting as the stimulus is present in the dog's environment without later receiving the food, after a few repetitions, the dog would stop salivating in response to the bell, which again was acting as the stimulus. So Dr. Joe uses this in his book uh, to emphasize the concept that nerves in your brain that fire together, wire together, which is exactly proved in Pavlov's uh, experiments that shows that when the bell rang, the dogs triggered an associative memory, to, uh, associative memory in response. He also uses the story to prove that neurons that stop firing together stop wiring together. Uh, just like when the dogs stop getting served food after the bell, they started to disassociate the bell with the response of salivating to food and therefore began to unremember that associated memory and essentially unfire and unwire that piece of circuitry in their brain that caused them to do that. So how can this experiment conducted over a hundred years ago actually translate into practical knowledge? Now that's a good question. Um, it does seem like quite an outdated experiment, especially with the fact that he's practicing on dogs, which is very controversial nowadays. I don't think you'd get away with that, but um, obviously this guy was from Russia, so I don't know what Russia was like in the 1890s, but I don't know what uh, how else he could conduct this research, which has led to this podcast uh, getting created over 100 years later. But first, before we dive into how it can be translated into practical uh, advice and knowledge, let's first look at the equivalent of some modern-day um, stimuluses and, and modern-day equivalents to Pavlov's study that he proved with dogs over 100 years ago. So 
Envision this with me here. So you vowed to spend less time on your phone, okay? Then suddenly you get a vibration or a ping and a notification's popped on your phone. Like, what's your first reaction? So if you answered that you reach in and you check it, that's also my answer. That is my associated memory um, is to reach in, check your phone, because you've had an outside stimulus, which is the vibration or which is the notification, which is a, either felt if it's a vibration or it's heard if it's a ringtone, for example. Now, another example would be the desire to eat at certain times during the day. So, um, for example, when I'm at work, so I start at seven o'clock. And our first break is at quarter past 10. Now, even if I'm not feeling hungry, the on the lead up to that period in the day, quarter past 10, I start to feel myself getting more and more hungry. Even if I had a full breakfast in the morning, right? I don't usually, or I don't ever do that before work. Um, but let's just say for argument's sake, I had a full breakfast for work, uh, before work, sorry. And then when 10.15 comes around, I start to feel the hunger pains again. Even though I'm not hungry, even though I don't need fed, my body has associated that time of day with the act of feeding and therefore begin to act very similarly to Pavlov's dogs when they were salivating in response to a stimulus. Now, another example would be um, hearing a song or visiting a place or touching an object that reminds you of a past experience or a past memory and I'm sure this doesn't take much um, imagination to uh, think about the last time that you heard a song or visited a place that, that incited another memory to fire in your brain and to experience the the feelings and emotions of that incident that that you're reminded of when you're listening to uh, such a stimulus as a song or visiting a place. So these are very modern day equivalents to the classical conditioning that Pavlov uh, described and documented and researched uh, during his study over a hundred years ago. So very very relevant to um, the behaviors and uh, the the habits that everyone uh, everyone uses and everyone falls victim to which is just part just as how we learn and pick up things as human beings as animals um, alike so let's say for example you have a destructive habit in your life that you just can't shake so I know personally I've got loads of these um, and well hence the reason why I've started this series to try and uh, peel away the the layers of the onion and to see um, how far I can take it. So, obviously, obviously, uh, I do have, personally have destructive habits like bad eating and um, not consistent in uh, other aspects of my life that I should be. So, what does it, what does Dr. Joe recommend we do to break the classical condition and therefore the associated habit. 
Well, step one, or sorry, let me let me uh, bring that back there. So this is actually step um, two seconds. This is step five, I believe. This might only step five: um, observing and reminding. So in this step of the meditation process, the aim is to observe who you have been and remind yourself who you no longer want to be. You need to do this until you become familiar with uh, your previous unconscious habits and behaviours. So the next step after you've become familiar with who you've been and who you no longer want to be, the next step is to redirect that energy. So in this part of the process, we redirect the energy of the old self by imagining scenarios where we are thinking and feeling in unconscious ways. So this could be when you're thinking and feeling in an anxious an anxious manner or you're thinking and feeling in a depressed manner or you're thinking and feeling in a fearful manner. So in this part of the meditation process, what the aim is, is to vividly picture these scenarios playing out in your head, okay? And when it becomes, when it comes to the part of you, so let's use an example of cracking open a can of fizzy juice, okay? So if we were trying to break that habit in our heads, uh, sorry, we were trying to break that habit in our lives, firstly, we'd start off by Remind, observing and reminding um, of ourselves of why we no longer want to indulge in this habit and uh, reminding us that we no longer want to partake in this habit. So once we're visualizing a scenario where we crack open the can and take that first sip of the fizzy juice and you get that, that hit and that initial dopamine release, we say out loud, change. Now, that seems very simple, but the act of doing this is actually starting the process of unfiring and unwiring the nerves that were previously firing together um, in this particular circuit in your brain. So that's pretty much the process involved in dismantling um, the memory of the old you, which of course is the title of uh, this a chapter in Dr. Joe Despender's book. So what's my experience has been like over the last week um, incorporating this section of the meditation into my daily practices? Well, overall, it's been a positive experience. Um, I'm Overall, I'm feeling a lot more energetic, um, especially more energetic in the mornings as well, which I'm still struggling to stay consistent at getting up at an appropriate time which will allow me to fit in my meditation practice before going to work. Um, I have been doing it every single day. Um, some days I've managed to get up in the mornings and carry out the meditation process and some days I've not, so then I've later had to do it at night before bed. Um, so I'm, I'm still getting the daily reps in, but 
I want to try and get more consistent at waking up early enough to fit that meditation session in um, so that I'm starting off the day and, you know, taking control of the day and starting it with the meditation practice. Another thing I've noticed over the last, uh, well, I'll probably say more so in the last week, but definitely in week two as well, um, is that I've noticed less internal chatter overall. And I've also noticed a lot less negative internal chatter um, over the last week to two weeks, which is a very, very pleasant surprise. Um, I think that's something that I previously overlooked um, before starting this process, and I didn't really think about that being a benefit, but it turns out it has been for me personally. I've also noticed uh, more awareness of the times where I start to feel, think and feel in in unconscious ways. (laughs) I'm going to repeat that sentence because that was a bit verbal diarrhea. So I've also noticed that I've had more awareness in the situations where I start to think and feel in previously unconscious ways and I start to slip into the habit of being myself again. So their moments have been a lot more conscious, especially over the last week, as if someone's, if any of you have listened to week two, episode two, I tried to, this week I tried to not drink any fizzy juice or any sugary juice. And during the moment, I managed to complete that. And during the moments throughout the day where I felt the urge to buy, uh, buy and consume a fizzy sugary drink I felt a lot more awareness in the intention of not partaking in that habit and not letting the nerves fire together and wire together so yeah I've noticed more awareness when I start to think and feel in unconscious ways Um, and this has also been uh, benefited um, during the meditation practice when I've been visualizing scenarios of me going up and buying, uh, falling for this urge, going up and buying a fizzy juice, going up and buying uh, a really sugary, unhealthy drink, and I visualize that in my mind's eye, and then when I go to crack it open and take a drink and get that dopamine hit, instead I say out loud, change. And I feel like that's been, um, I've also been, doing that throughout the day, not just in the pro- the meditation process. And yeah, it, I didn't drink any fizzy juice this week, so positive results from that. Um, and I'm now also into the third week of not biting my nails. Um, I don't, I can't, I need to admit, I've not really been visualizing that as much over the last week, but I've still not bit my nails, so I'm feeling good about that. And... Uh, in reflection over the last week, um, I would definitely say one of the things I need to incorporate into uh, this week's meditation is visualizing me getting up early enough to uh, carry out the meditation process in the morning before work. So I'm going to try and up my daily meditation sessions to two, one in the morning, one at night, and especially the one at night, I'm going to visualize getting up early in the morning to uh, partake in this meditation process. 
So hopefully that will yield uh, some results and um, I'll be able to sit here next week and say that I went seven days getting up at a certain time, fitting in a meditation process in the morning and then again at night time. So overall, sum up the last three weeks of carrying out this meditation program that's in Dr. Joe Dispenza's book. It's been a really, really positive experience. Um, I feel like I'm in a lot more control and I feel like it's easier for me to be accountable for the things that are going on in my life because um, being able to break a habit of biting my nails and uh, succumbing to the the seduction of sugary drinks. Um, and on, In all honesty, I think it's boosting my self-esteem and showing myself that it is possible to break out of habits that were previously thought to be, um, you know, really, really tightly leached onto my personality and my behavior. So moving into week four, uh, week four is all about creating a new self and rehearsing it. So hopefully you're you're excited as I am to um, get on to next week's episode and um, talk a bit more about the process. So I'm going to wrap this episode up, guys. I hope that um, you feel even slightly empowered to embark on your own journey and um, hopefully I've inspired you to, to look into this uh, book or even just the, the ancient art of meditation itself. Hopefully this has inspired you to, to go out and start your own self-development and personal growth journey and um, I'm excited to hear the responses from some of you guys to see what um, what effects and what benefits it's had on you. So again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for giving up your time to listen to this and um, I hope to see you guys in the next one. Cheers.